have a seat. Uh, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all of you who are mothers and who might have mothers. As Bernadette said, uh, mothers are a special thing. They're quite an essential part of our world, aren't they? Um, the amazing thing about God our Savior is the ways in which we see mothers um, laying their life down for their kids, for sacrificing themselves to teach and to nurture. We see all these things perfectly played out in our Savior Jesus, don't we? So uh, we're glad that we are here together. Uh, if you are new or visiting with us, we're so happy that you've come to worship at Terra Nova Church. My name is Pastor Matt. I'm the pastor of worship and operations. And I, really, honestly, one of my great joys in my life is, is, is being able to teach the Word of God. But more so than just teaching the Word of God is, is learning together as a community. I would never want you to think that Preaching is a top-down activity. This is a place where we can learn together, we can grow together, and we can both honestly open the Word of God together and know what it says and have the heart and the desire to do what it says. And so that's my hope and desire for us today. Last week, we began a brand new series um, that very nicely came out of our long series that we finished a couple weeks ago, where about for two and a half years we studied the book of Matthew, where we looked at the life of Jesus. We looked at his work and his commands and what he did while he was on this earth. And this series, One Another, is designed to come after Matthew because we want to learn and understand and really dig in deep to what it means that we live out the example of Jesus within the church, where we learn how to live out the example that Jesus has set for us and, and how he commands us as the body, as his body, to function in the world. Um, and our, we have a, a foundational uh, text that we kind, of, we, we kind of pulled this whole series in around. Um, this is found in 1 Peter 4, 8 to 11. And as I um, mentioned last week, this would be a great verse to memorize and just to commit to understanding deeply. It's a wonderful piece of scripture. Um, this uh, section of scripture is from the book of Peter, like I said, written by Peter himself. Um, last week, I think it was about Monday afternoon, I'm sitting in my office and thinking through last week's sermon, and I remembered myself saying at one point during the sermon, maybe you caught it or not, and if you did, points to you. You get extra credit points. I said something to the extent of the, uh, the words of Paul to Peter, and of course that's wrong, and I, it bothered me all week enough to remind you um, this week that that was wrong. That was not in case that the, um, this book is written by Peter, and so I'll start a sermon um, about confession with confessing to you. I said something wrong, and, and, and I'm correcting myself now. So um, we had been studying in Naos about the book of Timothy, which is Paul's words to Timothy, so 
It was a brain slip, I apologize. But anyway, so back to the scripture itself, um, and not about me. The scripture itself, 1 Peter 4, this is the foundational text for our series because this text talks about love. And last week we talked about love being the foundation for all of the one another's. Without love, we can't confess to one another. Without love, we can't forbear with one another. Without love, we can't live at peace with one another. So let me read 1 Peter 4, 8 to 11, just to kind of keep this on our minds and our hearts, and I would, rem- and I would um, encourage you to kind of earmark this verse and so kind of keep coming back to it throughout this series. Peter says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers over a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So today, as I mentioned, we will be breaking down what it means to confess to one another. Jumping in with both feet here on this series. Um, So... The big idea for today that you will hopefully take away in this sermon is that when we confess our sins to God, we are indeed free from sin. When we confess to one another, we are empowered to walk in the light of that freedom. So let's open today to the book of James Definitely written by James. James was the half-brother of Jesus. Okay? I'm going to uh, read James 5, verses 13 through 16. So you can open up your Bibles. It will also be on the screen behind me. James 5, 13 to 16 says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, this text um, we know is God-breathed. It's given to us for our edification, for our healing, for our correction, for our insight, and I pray that you would, by the power of your spirit, that you would soften our hearts and bring us to a place that we can understand it, that we can understand you better, and we can walk in the light of the things that you say. So give us humility as we go into this text today, Lord. Amen. All right, so we're going to start today. It's a sermon about confession, okay, but we're actually going to start today talking about prayer. Now, why prayer? 
Well, because James starts this section of the text off with prayer. And prayer is communication with God. And if we are to talk about confession, which is also a form of prayer and a form of communication, we need to look broadly first at what James describes here as somebody having a life of prayer in all things and in all forms. And we need to go deeper with the fact that prayer is more than just a form of communication. Prayer is a posture towards God. It's a dialogue with God. It's speaking. It's listening. It's being in his presence. In prayer, we bring our praises. We bring our needs. We bring our pain. We bring our frustration. We bring our questions. We bring our desires before a holy God. We seek to speak to him, but we also seek to hear from him. Sometimes we miss that second, that second part, don't we? We're too busy speaking, but prayer is about just as much about listening as it is speaking. It is in prayer that we desire to bring ourselves into alignment with who God is and his truth. And when we are a praying people, we will more deeply understand who God is and more readily understand his will and his desire for us. So whether you are seeking healing, whether you are seeking provision, whether you are seeking intimacy or direction or coming into a time of confession to the Lord, knowing God, knowing his voice, knowing his word and how he communicates with us will help us become aligned with his heart as we come into conversation and communion with him. When we do this regularly, we will know our God better. Just insert yourself into any other relationship. Communicating with another person frequently makes you understand that person better. It makes you love and appreciate that person better. So this is why in verse 13, James starts off with, in all things, in all of these things, and he has a broad list, communicate with God. In prayer, in suffering, pray. In gladness, worship. In sickness, pray. In fact, have others pray for you. In confession, pray. Pray for one another. So in all things, James is telling us here today that we must have a posture of open communication with God. And at the end of verse 16, I love what he says. He says, the prayer of a righteous person has power. This isn't just a passive communication. This isn't just a passive dialogue. This is power, great power. But he says the prayer of a righteous person. Can we do that on our own? Come on. No. <laughs> no. But how do we become righteous? There's only one way. By submitting to Jesus. When we submit to him and we give our lives to him, his righteousness becomes ours through his death. 
And through faith in him, he justifies us and cleanses us and gives us his righteousness. Romans 3 says this. It says that all who believe in Christ through faith will be given the righteousness of God and we will receive his Holy Spirit. This is a gift and this is great power. This is not a JV Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We are given this as a gift So let us be a praying people that understand the great gravity and power that it is when Jesus pours his spirit into us and tells us to communicate with him and for him and to his people. So it is on our knees through prayer, first and foremost, that we are brought into salvation through knowing and believing him, receiving his gift, and then pouring that great power out on one another. So as we talk about confession today, the starting point has to be that we are a praying people, and we know God through a constant relationship through him. All right, so our focus today out of those three verses will be verse 16. So let me read that again for us. Verse 16 says, Therefore... Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. All right. Back in, oh, like junior high, I remember a youth pastor or something saying this to me, and it stuck with me, and it's actually really great. If you're, if you're reading a verse that starts with therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is the therefore Therefore, and some of you are, are speaking along with me because you've heard this too. It's a great, it's a great thing to remember, okay? Um, so what is the therefore, therefore? If a verse starts with therefore, he say, says something, and so therefore do this. Okay, so James is saying in this passage, he's saying pray in all things. Pray when you're sick. Pray for one another when you're sick. Praise when you're happy. When things are going well, when you're suffering, pray. Prayer is, is, the, is the current of your life. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. So another way to say this would be, we confess to one another because we are called to pray in all circumstances, whether sickness or suffering or joy. When needing healing, we ask others to pray for us in the prayers of faith by the body of Christ, will help those who are sick, will help those who are suffering, who will help those who are in sin. So prayer begets confession. And at the end of verse 16, we'll see that confession yields more prayer. So prayer is really the central theme here on a sermon about confession. So we wanted this series to be pretty practical, Um, So, let's get really practical here with what confession actually is. Um, If you've been around the church for a long time, some of you who know me well know that I say this all the time. We have have this language called Christianese, which are terms that because we're a part of a culture, a, a, a Christian culture, sometimes we say words and terms that we know what they mean, 
But if we're talking to somebody else, maybe they don't really mean what they mean. Or maybe we think they mean what they don't really mean, okay? So I want to be really clear um, with what confession actually is. And I want you to always, 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 always go deep with something that you think is simple. Really go deep with it and know what you mean so that you can communicate to the world that might not know what you mean. So what is confession? The simple answer is that confession is owning up to something that you did. Okay? I mean, it's pretty basic, easy. All right? The Sunday school answer is telling somebody that you sinned. Right? That's true. Okay? That's what confession is. Okay? But again, let's go deeper. Think about, for a minute, what happens to you, what is happening when you own up to your sin? When we own up to our sin, we are agreeing with a better standard. We are agreeing of the standard of God's truth, not our own truth. To come and confess something means that we realize that there is a right in a good way, and we are saying that we were not doing the right in the good way thing. We were doing the opposite. And when we confess, we agree that God's truth is over here, I am over here, and I want to be over there. We own up to something that we did that was apart from the truth of God. So when we confess, we want to be aligned with the truth. Now, it's one thing to admit that you're wrong. It's another thing to be realigned with the truth. It's one thing to have your child say, yeah, I threw the book and broke the window. But unless they understand that there's actually a better way to treat the book and to treat their anger or their temper, then we're just owning up to something that we did wrong, okay? Confession is a much larger process. So this next piece might be obvious, again, but I don't want to assume that anything's obvious. We need to look at why it is that we need to confess. Some of you here, might, this might be your first time in church and you have no idea what it means to confess. So let's talk about why we need to confess. Because we're all sinners. That's something we all have in common here today. 1 John 1.8 says, If we have no sin, or if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins because when we are in sin, we are outside the boundaries of God's design for us. And when we confess, like I said before, we agree with the truth of God. We admit that we have fallen short of it. And as the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts, we will have a desire for God's way. We will feel the weight of our sin and we will want to get that off us. Because there's pain in living outside of God's way. The psalmist puts it so eloquently here in Psalm 32 about what the weight of sin feels like. Psalm 32, 3, the four, three through 4 says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy above me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Has anybody had that feeling before? 
You don't need to respond, but think about that. Have you ever had that feeling, that weight of sin and that burden, knowing that you're outside of God's way? True confession isn't simply unloading our problems, but a realigning with what God says is true. You'll hear me say that a few more times this morning. So, if for us, if, if, if what confession means or what we think confession means is just emotionally dumping all of our problems, we're missing the point. As I said, knowing that you're wrong is just the first step, but agreeing with God's truth and coming back to him is really the point of confession. That's why we confess. And the crux of this passage, which brings us into our one another series today, is that we are called to confess to one another. Why does James call us to confess to one another? Because after all, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do we do that? No, that's God's job. We also believe Hebrews 4.16 that says, then, then let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. That comes from God. So why then, why then, if God alone forgives sin, why then are we called to involve one another in this process? So we're going to focus on that for the rest of our time today. Now, remember our big idea. I think it'll be up here, maybe. Um, but remember our big idea. When we confess our sins to God, we are free from sin. When we confess to one another, listen, we are empowered to walk in the light of that freedom. If we confess to one another, we and we realign with the truth, there is a process of healing that comes. There is a healing from shame. There is a journey towards light, away from darkness. Now, Jesus calls you and I to be the church, his followers. We are called the church. We are his body. We are his hands and feet, equipped by his spirit in us. We are called to live like Jesus, and so if confession is, is more than just admitting you're wrong, we believe and we understand from the scripture here and other scriptures that the body takes part in the work of Jesus, which is to bring us away from darkness and into light. Let's spend a minute talking about shame. Because we can confess thousands and thousands of times. We can tell God the things we've done wrong thousands of times. And you may say, I've confessed the same sin every day for three years and I still don't feel free. It's because you're holding on to shame. The secret places of our minds can be a breeding ground for shame. And shame is most always secret. It's this inner battle with yourself about your self-worth. When we bring our shame into the light and expose it to others, we can really start to heal because shame will follow you everywhere. 
It is a tactic of the enemy. And he wants to use it to destroy you and I. He wants to use it to to force us to look inward and not up. Shame is very much a product of what you think and say about yourself. It's that inner voice. Listen to your inner voice. What is it saying? If your inner voice is condemning yourself and saying things that aren't true, remember we want to align ourselves with God's truth, not our own truth. If your inner voice is continually stuck on condemning yourself and pushing pushing yourself down and looking inward and selfishly, you're probably dealing with some shame. Shame drives us inward. Shame says that we are unworthy of love. Shame says that we are unworthy of life and unworthy of acceptance. This is not from God. So I'd take a guess that everybody here has done something or probably will do something um, or have had something done to you that currently causes you or will cause you shame. And as I said before, even if you have confessed that sin to God hundreds of times, you're still stuck in shame. This is why, church, this is why we are called to confess to one another. We still need to take that step to involve other brothers and sisters in Christ to humbly show our sin, to bring it into the light, and have other Here's where it gets really cool. Have other imperfect people say, I still love you. I still accept you, despite your sin. And together, we will walk towards Jesus. Together. This is doing the work of our Savior. Knowing people fully, yet accepting them and loving them despite. This is the work that the church is called to, friends. Now, let's be very careful here. Because we can get twisted up with this word acceptance. What I'm not saying, what I am not saying, is that we sit around in a group of you know, a kumbaya, we hold hands and we, everybody says, I'm terrible, I'm a sinner, I do all these things and they're really bad. And we say, we love you, that's great, we accept you, and we give them a big hug. Yes, we love them and we give them a big hug, but we should never accept sin. Never. Never. Jesus doesn't accept sin. Jesus says, go and sin no more. Yet, Jesus surrounded himself with sinful, broken people. Jesus forbeared with sinful, broken people. Jesus never accepted their sin, but loved them despite and pushed them forward towards the light. So I want us to be careful there, that as we are in confessional communities, as we confess our sin to one another, don't applaud sin. Take the next step and encourage people towards restoration and towards the light. We're going to talk a little bit about that now. I want to read 1 John 1, 5 to 7 as we enter into speaking a little bit about what it means to live in the light and in freedom from our sin. 1 John 1, 5 to 7 says this. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light 
and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, that's the community, okay? We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Confession to one another is powerful because by doing so together, we are together collectively pushing back the enemy of darkness. Our enemy, Satan, would love to have us isolated and self-loathing on our own, shameful and guilty, stuck in our own heads and minds. But confessing to one another turns us from inward to outward. A community of confession builds itself up. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16 says this, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together by every joint with which, what, with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So I'll ask you this morning, do you have a community where you can confess your sins to one another? Do you have this? Not everybody does. I'll say that a great example of this is our tribes here at Terra. These are our small groups. Keyword small. This is one example of where a confessing community can be lived out. It's a place where we can deeply know others and we can be deeply known. It's a place where we can pursue one another and desire to seek Jesus together and move closer to him and away from our sin. It's a place where we can humbly and confidently display our sin to one another, to confess our sin to one another another and know that they will point us to Jesus and to know that they love us despite our sin and will be pointing us to Jesus, that we know that they will forbear with our sin together. They will remind us, they will encourage us and help us along the way. This is what a confessional community looks like. A confessional community is one where trust is essential. Again, like I said, this isn't a large group of people. I'm always suspect when a uh, um, prominent figure confesses something in front of a large group of people. That seems self, uh, self-aggrandizing, I think. Confession should happen in a small group of trusted individuals. Jesus gives us a great example of this. Twelve. That's a good, good barometer. It's a good number. But we know that Jesus did life very closely with Three. So you can use those metrics to help you if you want. It's also a group where we don't just confess and receive confessions, but it's actually a lifestyle of walking with people through this life. A confessional community is also a place where grace and truth are working together. Just like Jesus who came full of grace and truth, John 1, 14. Jesus came full of both of those things in equal perfect amounts. You and I can't do that. (laughs) We can try, though. 
by his grace. Because if you are being confessed to, if somebody is confessing to you, hearing the confession with love and mercy, yes. But then, directing that person to who God is, to the, to the truth of who God is, and helping that person get there. Now, if you are the one confessing, being open to receiving, yes, the comfort and love from your brothers and sisters, but also understanding that you need to acknowledge and accept their help and their admonishing, their correction and their direction if you want to move towards Jesus and healing. A confessional community is one that works well when everybody is committed to renewing our minds and securing our attachment to Jesus. To time and time and time again, building up our trust in our Lord. Building up our affection for his words of grace and truth. This is a group that just like Jesus, they see you, they know you, and they aren't going anywhere. So, church, when the power of the Holy Spirit is, is working through us, I pray and encourage you all to be a part of one of these communities. Maybe it's not a tribe. Maybe it's just a, maybe it's a group of friends that you've, you've had for decades that you get together and you are able to share your struggles with. Our text says today that as we confess in this way to one another, we're going to move towards healing. This is the body of Christ at work. We change our direction when we confess of the sins that we are in. We change direction. That's called repentance. That's another word that we say a lot, but it's really simple. To repent means to go the other way. And when we confess and then repent, we complete the cycle. We are healed. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and, and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Confesses and forsakes. So step one is confession, yes, but through confession let us repent and be healed. And as James says in our passage this morning, this happens in the context of community. We can walk alongside others in the light of Jesus without guilt, without shame, and we are equipped to do this work only by his power in us. We can be agents of grace and truth. We can be righteous only because Jesus accepted us. Jesus saved us. Jesus gave us the light and gave, him, gave us his life. Ephesians 4, 21 to 25 talking about living in freedom, says this, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put away your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt 
through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you hear what he's saying? It's amazing. We are created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, what's therefore, therefore, right? Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Because of what Jesus did, go and do that to others. Because of the power that Jesus gives you and the gift that Jesus gives you, be agents of change for others that need it too. So it is together as the church that we walk together in the light of Christ and we journey with, again, less than perfect people, that we are all after the same thing. We no longer need to hide. We no longer need to pretend because we are all equally forgiven. We are all equally loved and we are all equally accepted. Shame no longer has a stronghold in this story. So this is why we confess to one another, church. This is why we journey with others who are broken like us that are also moving towards Jesus. So as we close, um, we're going to keep worshiping. We're going to have the band come back up and we're going to continue worshiping and saying true things about God, realigning okay, our minds from our perceived versions of truth into his truth, okay? But as we do that, let me ask you this morning, is anybody today sick? Is anybody today suffering? Does anybody have a secret sin in their life that is breeding shame? Does anybody have something that you've held against a brother or sister and you need to get that clean? You need to get that off your chest. Does anybody have a prayer or a praise that can, or a joy that they can share to lift up the body? If the Holy Spirit is doing work in your heart and you need to confess this morning, you need to, you need to move from darkness into light, we're going to have a, a prayer team in the back. Um, so prayer team, just kind of wave your hands so we know kind of who you are. Um, Jim and Boo Hunt and, and Jessmine, she's got a baby, but she can, she's pretty good at praying with a baby in her arms. She's done that a lot. So um, find one of those people if you would like, or find somebody else. Maybe there's somebody in your confessional community here today that you just need to go and sit with and confess and receive prayer. Friends, prayer is power. When we are aligned with God's truth and the Spirit of God is in you, your prayers are powerful. Let us not cheapen prayer because it's something that we just know and we do. Let us make sure that we go deep with understanding that we're called to do it We're called to journey along one another. 
We're called to forbear with one another. We're called to help people understand who God is and help them heal and help them move forward. So God forgives us when we ask, but he also puts other believers in your life today to help you, to share your burdens and to help you walk free. So during the next two songs, we're going to do communion. We're going to be reminded of God's free gift of grace to us. We're going to take that, we're going to accept that, and we're going to be reminded that because he loved us, he made a way for us. He forgave our sins so that we can forbear with others, that we can confess our sins to one another, that we can journey through this life together. So we'll have two songs. If you need prayer, head to the back with the prayer team or find somebody else. Even wait till later. You can find me after the service. I would love to pray with you. But let us be a people that prays. Let us be a praying people. And let us really take that seriously. Let me pray for us now. Heavenly Father, let us be humble again. Let us be grateful of our Savior Jesus. Let us not be passive doers of his word, but that we would be active participants in the work of Jesus, in the building of the kingdom. It is only through your spirit that we can do any of these things. Would you help us? Holy Spirit, if, if, if there's anybody out here this morning that is suffering from shame, that's suffering from sadness, from suffering from sin, or wants to be healed from sickness, I pray that they would believe in the transforming power of your spirit, that it is, it is real and it is working and it is here today. Help us to have faith to ask boldly for prayer. Help us to have faith to walk boldly in the light as you are in the light. Thank you that you've given us one another. We don't have to do this alone. And it is in your powerful holy name that we ask all of these things. Amen.